Well, welcome back. We are, wow, on the sixth episode of the Cosmo Joy Podcast. We believe it. Yo, this is great. Okay, but also, we've got a great topic to talk about today, but first, we have to discuss this topic of sparkling water. Yes. Father Kevin brought this, uh, what is it, pink grapefruit sparkling water? That is correct. Not entirely sure how I feel about it right now. Okay. Do you want to maybe talk that out? Maybe we can be there to just listen to you and be a a loving presence as you... Should we get a couch for you to lay on? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, is this like bringing up some bad memories or what's your deal? It just is very bland. Well, it's also... It wasn't refrigerated, right? So... Okay. That's that's part of it. Um, It's been sitting in my car all day, so the sun's been beating down on it. And, uh, you know, sometimes in life, you just gotta try. The sun's been beating down on it. It's been raining (laughs) all day. (laughs) Shoot, you're right. It's been literally, the sun has not shown itself all day. Oh, my God. But, uh, you know, it's just one of those expressions, you know, that, uh, you know, you don't really mean what you say. Oh, my gosh. Okay. We're, uh, fact checker, why didn't you have me on that? (laughs) needed you and you left. It's because, no. okay, just, you know, we'll chalk it up to the fact you don't like small talk. You don't like talking about the weather. You That's know, true. And yeah. It's just, That's true. Uh, but anyways, I guess we'll try it. I have only taken like three sips. But when I did open it, because uh, it was a can, my thumb, I totally just like stuck my thumb down. And, mm. but did anyways, you cut yourself? Uh, no, but I mean, I came close. But anyways, um, <laughs> so yeah, I'll try it. But I also have some plain water here in case mm. I just can't handle it. Mary-Kate, what are your thoughts on seltzer water? You know, I used to not like it, but now, because it's become such, like, a thing for people, I actually have started to really enjoy it. Do you always go along with whatever the crowd is doing? If the rest of the crowd started jumping off bridges, would you uh, join them? Would the rest of the crowd have three kids in two and a half years? (laughs) Fair enough. Okay, well, God thought that was a great idea. So, and they're precious. They're adorable. They are adorable. You, You love those kids. I do. Could you imagine if we were holding children right now recording this? Oh, my gosh. They would not be quiet, especially Mary Trez. But she's adorable. Don't okay. you think that people would appreciate the sound effects of just yeah. a joyful little baby? Just Probably. Right. Mm-hmm. It's the sign of the growing church now that they're baptized, right? right. Yeah. And, okay, Mary Trez's uh, dress that she wore to the baptism. Adorable. Couldn't handle it. It was great. I just, Yeah. Other than the picture that you sent me was her screaming and crying. Like, <laughs> Whenever she put her is in not it. happy. Love it. Anyways. No, yeah, so, I, I like seltzer water. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for bringing that back around. Glad we established. <laughs> I do like I do like the sparkling seltzer water for the most part. Just She's like just said, not sure about this, pink grapefruit. Yeah. Because mm. I'm not a grapefruit fan in person. Neither am mm. I. But you don't love it; you just like it as a friend. Yeah, sure. I like it with some things. Right, right. Fresca, the citrus—it's got like citrus grapefruit or something like yeah, that. Fresca. Yeah, fresca. Yeah. I love fresca, and that's got like grapefruit flavoring or whatever mm-hmm. in it. But I like squirt. <laughs> <laughs> that's technically grapefruit. So my uh, grandpa would call me as a little kid, squirt. <laughs> Yeah, my dad does that to my youngest cousin. Like Wasn't that. that the name of the little Senior, uh, turtle in Finding Nemo as yeah, well? Yeah, I think. Squirt. Yeah. Squirt. Right? Wow, yeah, that I'm was pretty a sure. great movie. It was. I was Just at the, the zoo this past week, mm-hmm. uh, and we saw Nemo and Dory. I mean, Detroit that's not, Zoo? No, 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 no. Toledo. Come on. Ohio. <laughs> represent. Hello. Boo. Nice. Toledo Go does Blue. have a nice zoo. Go to be fair. Their aquarium is... 
top notch. Actually, That's I awesome. think the Pittsburgh Zoo is probably better. Uh, yeah, I know you texted that. <laughs> Text in, folks, your vote Toledo or Pittsburgh Zoo? Hashtag. All of my family's going to say Pittsburgh. That's a long t- hashtag, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, okay, well, why don't we dive into the topic for today? We probably should, yeah. I don't know how seltzer water ended up with uh, Finding Nemo. And Something's in Dory. your seltzer water over there, I'm thinking. Yeah, what'd you guys do to it? <laughs> I'm finally back from the dark path, right? Or yeah, whatever that thank was. God. That's right. Yes, your prayers were answered, prayers. folks. Oh, man. I know, right? I was, I was even concerned about myself, yo. Jeez. Like, mm. mm. Glad right. to have you with us. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be finally be back. All right, so we are going to be talking about the saints, today. And that's because the church has just recently celebrated All Souls and All Saints Day. Yay, the the liturgical life of the church! Woo! Woo! All right, so we just want to just take some time to talk about what does the church really uh, believe about the saints? You know, why do we ask for the saints' intercession? You know, who who are they? Uh, why Why do we value their inputs and just the reading about their lives. And so just to have some discussion, and then we'll also share some of like our favorite saints, our BFFs, our pals, uh, and, and we'll go from there. Uh, but uh, I didn't know, like, you know, Mary Kate, do you have like any thoughts on just, you know, why does the church value saints? You know, why do why is this even part of, of who we are as Catholics? Yeah, so I mean... For me personally, I think of the saints as um, older brothers and sisters in the faith. Um, So just as, you know, you would go to your family members and your friends and ask for prayers for whatever you need in your lives, we we can do the same thing for the saints. I mean, they are powerful intercessors, and uh, they're right there, right next to Christ. So they can just beeline straight to him. Anytime that I've lost something, I'm like, St. Anthony, I need your help. It usually takes a little bit, so then I'm like, hey, Mom, can you pray to St. Anthony? Because he's your BFF, and then she prays, and then I find it. So, um, you know, that's that's what I think of um, when I think of the saints, mm-hmm. is that they're, they're like my older brothers and sisters, and I really try to, to go to them in, in those moments when I need intercess- intercession. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about you, Father Kevin? I think one of the images that tends to stick out to me is, I believe it's Hebrews 12, 1, where it talks about, therefore, mm-hmm. since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And I think it was uh, Father Mike Schmitz whom I first heard talk about this idea of a stadium and just how you can have a packed stadium and having all those fans around you cheering for you can affect the way that you play the game on the field. And he tied that into the great cloud of witnesses of the saints. I mean, these are the ones who endured their unique struggles of their time, their culture. Um, they, they lived out their vocation, all, all the different challenges that they faced. They've now won the imperishable crown. Like they are victors in heaven. They're alive in Christ. And so you can kind of think of them as being in the stands, cheering us on as we're facing the unique challenges of our vocations, of our culture, with our unique personalities and, and challenges that we face in our life. So they're, they're kind of like the ones who show us how it's done. And again, they're not divine. They were human, just like you and I were. And so I can find them to be really relatable. And so I, I know I, I will read the lives of the saints and say, how did you confront this particular challenge when the church was going through this challenging period? Or how did this saint deal with this particular challenge? And I've, I found that to be a helpful image, just thinking of the community that's um, 
the the great cloud of witnesses and relying on them to help me run the race and, and finish it well, as, as St. Paul talks about in his letters. So that's that's one of the aspects of uh, the saints that's striking me as, as something that I would share with others. Mm-hmm. Well, I've got to say that that verse in Hebrews 12.1. So when I was away from the Catholic Church and I started preaching sermons when I was 16, and the, the first sermon that I ever did was on Hebrews 12. Oh, wow. And so it was like, it was a large passage. I mean, it was most of the chapter, but... It, that verse has a whole new meaning now that I've come back you know, and just seeing the power of the saints. Like this isn't just talking about the people here on earth, right? But we're talking about the church triumphant, really. Uh, and you may have you may have heard the terms like church triumphant, church suffering, church militants, and like, well, what does this even mean? And this really ties in the beauty of the communion of the saints, right? So the church triumphant is all of those who have made it to heaven, right? They're the ones that are... Uh, cheering us on. They're the ones that are praising and worshiping God at all times, and they're the ones that are praying for us. And then you have the church suffering, which is the church that's in purgatory right now, right? When they're asking for our prayers to help get them from purgatory to the fullness of heaven. And so they're considered the church suffering, but that doesn't mean that they're suffering in necessarily a bad way. It's a purification more so, and it's a, it's a suffering as a, a longing, Right? They're aching to be with God, right? And so it's not a bad suffering, but it's a suffering that's on the right path, right? And so, uh, but it's that, that purification. And then there's the church militant, which is all of us here, right? And, and we're still living, we're still on the path to holiness, we're still trying to make it to heaven, and we are utilizing the church triumphant and even the church suffering. You know, pray for us, we need your prayers. Uh, to fight because we're all together, right? We have it's, it's it goes to to emphasize that immortal soul that we have that connects us with the church triumphant, the church suffering, and the church militant. We all make that one big family, and so we're made for that communal relationship. And we talk about community a lot here on Earth, right? That we need good friendships, right? We need good family structure. Uh, we need people that are are seeking the same thing that we are. We need that community. Right? We're not meant to be alone. And I, I know that even, um, I think Pope Benedict XVI, Joseph Ratzinger, has a book out called To Communion. And mm-hmm. it's, uh, it, you guys will come to realize that he is one of my favorite writers, and so I read a lot of his books. Uh, but this this whole book of Called to Communion is, okay, we're called to communion with one another. We're called to communion with the saints. We're called to communion with the sacraments in the church, like the church herself. And so uh, just really emphasizing that the, the, the saints are our friends, as, as Mary-Kate was saying, it's our, our family members, those siblings, whatever, uh, really just cheering us on, building that community and relationship. Um, we can relate to them, and they're, they're there to be our strength, even when we don't feel like we have any other human relationships, you know? And so it's a beautiful thing, and it also helps keeps us uh, rooted in Christ, uh, because their entire lives were rooted in Christ. Their entire lives were uh, just focused on Jesus. Perfect role models for us, right? So many solid role models. I like look at their lives and I'm like, ooh, I got a long way to go. <laughs> mm-hmm. But at the center of everything, it was Christ, right? It was Christ. And so with that, uh, we each have uh, what would we call a patron saint, you know, or a saint that we have. Uh, really close to us, a best friend. And 
it also goes back to building that relationship, that communal relationship. Uh, but it also allows us to get to know someone else, but also grow in relationship with Jesus, right? To grow closer to sainthood. And we've mentioned before that holiness is for everyone. It's not just priests or religious, but it's also lay people. It's that universal call to holiness. And I'm a firm believer, I don't know about you two, that uh, the saints really help us grow in holiness mm-hmm. and, and help us to fulfill that call. So I don't know, Mary-Kate, what do you think about your patron saint? So I would have to say my patron saint, who would be St. Teresa of Lisieux. I chose her as my confirmation saint. <clears throat> and she, I really look to her a lot when I need to remember that I've got to keep up on my daily duty and not just snuggle babies all day long. Um, but, uh, so yeah, I really look to her in, in her little way and how she loves Christ in such small ways, but in, in reality, big ways. Um, so I would say that she's definitely my patron, but it's so hard to pick just one because, um, you know, you've got John Paul II who, huh, JP2. Right if you all don't know who JP2 is, Just I <laughs> encourage you to pause this recording right now and uh, go to Google and just search him or find a book or we know someone that could probably give you some sweet stories too. Shout out to Amy Dupuy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but no, JP2, we love you. That's that's the sum. That's the sum a nice thing. little... Little slogan right there. Yeah, D- have you never heard uh, that? Uh, uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't remember. It was kind of a thing when he visited the states. Okay, I was probably she um, wasn't Catholic yet. Well, I mean, I I technically was, she but was I was Catholic already. <laughs> <laughs> I was just uh, yeah, just saying that the Catholic Church was wrong in all dimensions, right? Wasn't even talking to Catholics. So I probably ignored the fact uh, yeah. that he was even cool. Here. Yeah. Or cool. I mean, I was a Catholic and I didn't even realize he was here. So, hey, it happens. <laughs> but we're, we're, we're making up for lost time. We're making we up for lost we're time. We're making up for lost time. Yeah. It's fine. So, and then the only other one that I could really say that I've really been. Um, Inspired by lately has been Blessed Carlo Acutis, uh, 15-year-old, I think he was when he passed away Something, from yeah, cancer. He was, yeah. um, but he made a whole entire website just dedicated to Eucharistic miracles so that he could try to spread um, belief in the true presence of Christ in the Eucharist and, and a true love for Christ in the Eucharist. And so he's been really, <clears throat> really powerful for me lately. But, mm-hmm. I mean, when when you have to pick names for kids... I mean, you start to really love the different saints that you choose. And then there's saints that you really love, but you're like, I'm not going to name my kid Longinus or Tarsisius, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I Okay, I have told a couple of my friends, I was like, can I please encourage you, strongly encourage you, to name your first son Maximilian Athanasius? Whoa. That's a powerful name. I know, Right. I mean, I had the first destined part of that. Destined for greatness. Yeah, destined for sainthood right there. Yeah. And uh, the husband is 100% on board with this name. The wife, I think, I am. I want to think she is warming up to this idea. Mm. But I will continue to throw it out. It's like, you call him Athy. Come on. Like, okay. <laughs> no. Max is a better name. <laughs> and maybe I'm just saying that because my own son is Max. But uh, a little biased. <laughs> but anyways, okay. So talk about, you know, naming children, right? 
Yeah, I mean, you, you really you really start to to admire these saints. And and no offense to anyone who has named their child Longinus or Tarsisius. They're really awesome saints. Bring them on the podcast. They will be our next <laughs> guests. Get them here. It's just not personally what I would choose. We will pay your airfare. Yeah. Okay, so, well, what about just bringing the names back of the Roman canon? Like the names of the saints listed in the Roman canon. Like mm-hmm. Cletus, Clement, Sixtus, Cornelius, Chrysogonus. John and, John and Paul Cosmos and Damien. I almost have them all memorized. I have a niece named Anastasia. She's actually my goddaughter. I don't have anybody that I know named Anastasia. Or any, like, Linus, Cletus, Clements, Sixtus, Cornelius, Chrysogonus. We just had the uh, feast of Cornelius and Cyprian, I think it was. Mm. And I had the school mass with all the uh, elementary school kids. And I said, you know, kids, if you're looking for a good pet name, there it is. Yeah, there Cyprian you go. and Cornelius. Yeah. I like Chrysogonus. Chrysogonus. Is that how you say it? Yeah. <laughs> I know what it sounds like. I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> you know, I mean, we make it through. Bartender, yeah. can you refill our seltzer waters? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be you, Craig. <laughs> fact checkers busy checking facts. <laughs> He's probably checking to make sure there's nothing crazy in these seltzers. Like, <laughs> golly, what's going on with these guys? I will say I'm about halfway through this can by now. So mm. I'm We're, stuck with the plain water, so I have nothing going on. You, do you want one? I mean, I can get you a seltzer water. No, nah, I'm good. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, stay level headed. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah. I'm not sure what's what's in this, but anyways. Uh, so. <laughs> Did you get through all of your BFFs here? Yeah, I did. Okay. Just so popular. Yeah. I- oh, dear. Wow. Okay, what about you, Father Kevin? Yeah, Padre. All right. So my patron saint is St. Ephraim the Syrian, which is a very obscure name, and that's exactly why I chose it. So I was in ninth grade, and we had to pick a saint for confirmation, and I didn't really know very many saints at that point other than I knew I went to St. John Church, and I think I'd heard of like St. Francis of Assisi, but I also knew that all the guys in my class were choosing like St. Francis or St. Joseph or St. John as their confirmation saints, and I think even at that age, I had this like little inner hipster that didn't want to do what everybody else was doing. So I wanted to do something really obscure. And so I went through this list of saints and I found a saint name that I thought was kind of obscure. So St. Ephraim the Syrian. I go, okay, what, what did he do? And I looked it up and brief bio was that he was a hermit who liked to write a lot of poetry, particularly about Our Lady, about Mary. And I was like, that's awesome. So I picked him and to be honest, really didn't uh, really invoke his intercession or get to know him very much until I entered seminary and I was taking a class on the church fathers because he's considered one of the church fathers in the East. So read a little bit of his writings, got to know a little bit more of his biography, and then just recently started asking for his intercession every day. I I made this prayer um, that I pray every day, and one of the things I do is I ask a number of saints to pray for me, and he's on there as one of my confirmation saints. So that's St. Ephraim the Syrian. I I would say one of my BFFs, uh, one of my favorite saints that I've connected with over the years would be Blessed Charles de Foucauld. And he's soon to be canonized a saint. Uh, Pope Francis said that once the pandemic kind of settles down a little bit and they're able to have a huge ceremony for this, um, he'll be canonized. And yeah, I just I came across his biography one day. And to be honest, I was just captivated by a picture of him that was on the cover of the book. And I was like, huh, I, I want to kind of get to know who this guy is. And 
really wild story. I, I, I can't go into like the full details, but basically he went from, you know, he served in the army and kind of became this atheist playboy. And then he has this huge conversion and ends up becoming this hermit who lives out in the Sahara desert trying to convert the Muslims and he gets martyred. And he's known as the patron saint of failure because he didn't convert a single person. Well, I think he had like one baptism. Um, and then he sought to like start this community. So he, he wrote a rule. He really wanted to start this community and nobody joined his whole life. And then he dies a martyr. Okay. So like in the eyes of the world, complete failure. Everything he tried to do didn't end up happening. But in light of his martyrdom, like numbers of communities have sprung up in his name. Um, people have converted to the Catholic faith after reading his story. So it's, it's really one of those things where it's like, am I willing to uh, commit myself to what I believe God's will is for me in the present moment, even if I don't get to see the fruits of it in this life? So he, he really inspires me in that way, and I, I learn a lot from him. And I'll just close by one of his famous prayers that he composed which I, I pray, I've prayed a number of times, and it's actually been beautiful. I, I will lead people in prayer if they're either going through extreme anxiety or, you know, I, I just prayed this with a woman who I anointed on her hospital bed uh, a few weeks ago who was going into surgery and wasn't sure if she would be able to make it out on the other side. And so I, I led her in this prayer and just a way of just abandoning ourselves totally to the loving providence of God and really trusting him with all that we have and all that we are. And so I'll just read that prayer that uh, Charles de Foucault came up with. So he prays, Father, I abandon myself into your hands. Do with me what you will. Whatever you may do, I thank you. I am ready for all. I accept all. Let only your will be done in me and in all your creatures. I wish no more than this, O Lord. Into your hands I commend my soul. I offer it to you with all the love of my heart, for I love you, Lord, and so need to give myself to surrender myself into your hands without reserve and with boundless confidence, for you are my Father. So that's a beautiful prayer that I keep handy. And uh, yeah, I've been growing in a friendship with him, including him in my time of prayer. I'm inspired by his example. So that's kind of a, a BFF saint of mine. Sure. I'm pretty sure that Jason and I have prayed that before. It's a beautiful yeah. prayer. Very yeah. powerful. Yeah. Also, Father, it seems like you really like hermit saints. Yeah, I guess I'm noticing a pattern. Maybe I, I missed my call. I should have gone out into the desert. and But then I wouldn't have been able to be part of this beautiful podcast. Yeah. Right, and we're so thankful. Oh, stop. We, yes. we, couldn't, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to be your cause for joy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, ultimately, Jesus is your cause for joy. We're just vessels, right? Yeah. Amen. Mother Amen. Teresa. Mother Teresa has this line where she says that it's, it's something along the lines of, "I'm just a tiny pencil in the writing hand of God." Yes. Like, mm, one of my favorite lines. Mm-hmm. And I realized I forgot to put her on my BFF list. That's okay. Anyways, who would you say then is your patron and BFF, Emma? Yeah. So my patron is actually Saint Claire of Assisi. Now. Confirmation saint. But here's the thing. When I was going through confirmation, uh, they basically just told us pick a name, right? I really didn't know it was like pick a saint. And so I was like, well, my sponsor's name is Claire. And so I don't know, maybe I'll just do that as like a Thanksgiving to her kind of thing. And uh, yeah, and it's spelled Claire, like Claire of a C-C-C-L-A-R-E. So it wasn't even, you know, with the I or anything. 
And I was like, okay, whatever. But I had no idea that she loved the Eucharist. Um, but anyways, so she's the patron saint of television. She also understands the whole power of the Eucharist, right? She was able to ward off an army uh, with um, with the power of the Eucharist but through a monstrance, right? She held up Jesus in a monstrance and, and warded off an army. Uh, and so I realized that when I was away from the church and then I came back to the church, uh the God just really revealed to my heart, you know, Emma, I, I allowed you to leave, right? I allowed you to leave. And I told St. Clair to pick you, right? Uh, that it was one of those moments where she picked me. It wasn't me picking her. She picked me. and uh, But he was just very tenderly touching my heart and saying, you know, I knew that the Eucharist would bring you back. And St. Clair was going to be the one to bring you and to walk with you. And uh, I will never forget just that that prayer, that moment, just how touching it was. And still to this day, I I have a deep love and devotion to the Eucharist, um, as several people would be able to attest to, right? I just, I love the Eucharist. And uh, so she's definitely my my patron saint. And I I know for a fact that there was a reason why that happened. And just the more that I get to know about her and just... Any time that I'm sitting before our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament and I feel dry or just not even recognizing how powerful, right, the Eucharist is, I just, I invoke her intercession and it's like almost instantaneously, you know, I remember, wow, like there's a reason. And people can ask me, you know, would you ever leave the church again to go pursue some Protestant opportunity? And I say, no, because I can't leave the Eucharist. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just that. I will never leave the Eucharist, and I know it's because of her. So she's my patron saint. Um, I would say, so I actually have three best friends, right, some BFFs here, so bear with me. First one, this is going to come to a shock to both of you. <gasps> Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frassati. No. <laughs> say it no so. way. So there's a picture. Uh, I know, Versalato. There's a picture of him hanging in my office. Uh, and I was so excited to finally hang it up. But he loved to hike the mountains. He loved to go to Holy Mass and to sit before adoration. Our Lord, in, in, in adoration, he had a great devotion to Our Lady, prayed the rosary all of the time, uh, just gave his life to the service of the poor and to the sick. And so we're just just a great role model, right? And he he loved community. He loved his his group of friends. And he would go hiking up the mountains, and he had the, the saying, verso lauto, to the heights. And and the famous quote is, the higher we go, the more clearly we hear the voice of Christ. And it just, that reminder of, we got to go to the heights, right? Mm-hmm. We can't be lukewarm. Uh, and it even says that in scripture, right? It's better for you to be hot or cold, but not lukewarm. Mm-hmm. So it's just, you know, we, we'd be all in for Jesus, right? And so, yeah, definitely blessed for Saudi. Uh, so we pray for his canonization to be a saint, right? Um, but then also uh, Saint Elizabeth of the Trinity. She is a Ooh. hidden gem of the church. And I love the theology of the Trinity. And I could talk for hours. Just I, I love this idea of we have the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And upon our baptism, we are baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And so we have the fullness of the Trinity dwelling with inside of us. But what I love about uh, Saint Elizabeth of the Trinity is that she makes it known that the fullness of the Trinity is within inside of us and that we can visit and commune with the fullness of the Trinity at any time. 
through our baptism, right? And it's strengthened through our confirmation. And I think we forget that a lot of times. So we say, oh, the Holy Spirit's dwelling with inside of us. Well, yeah, the Holy Spirit is dwelling with inside of us, but you can't separate the Trinity, right? It mm-hmm. comes together. They're all in that communion of love. And so she is really driving home this point of the indwelling of the Trinity. And so I just, I hold that very close to my heart. So, and her writings are beautiful as well. So she's a hidden gem of the church. I think she's gaining more popularity. And uh, there's a there's a book out by Claire Dwyer um, called This Present Paradise. And it's just talking about this, the spirituality of Blessed Elizabeth or St. Elizabeth of the Trinity and um, finding this, this peace of the Trinity with inside of us, you know, visiting the tabernacle of our hearts. And so she, she's definitely one of my best friends, but then also uh, St. Teresa of Calcutta too. Uh, she was, when I was coming back to the, the church, I read the book, um, Come Be My Light. And it's just a, a book of her writings, of her journal and her journey uh, and founding the Missionaries of Charity. Uh, but just as I mentioned earlier, you know, that, that line, I'm just a tiny pencil in the writing hand of God, right? She's, she holds a special place in my heart. Um, and so she's definitely one of my friends and just her zeal, her love for our Lord, especially our love for the Lord in the Blessed Sacrament, but also service to others and, and not stopping to spread the love of Jesus and to, to most importantly, really to spread his mercy, right? Um, so I, I love the indwelling of the Trinity with Blessed uh, St. Elizabeth of the Trinity, but also um, Mother Teresa of Calcutta as she showed the mercy of our Lord and the love that he has for all. So those would be, so yeah, sorry, I have, you know, three BFFs, but those would be mine. That's awesome. And we encourage you to, to really kind of read up on all of these. Um, and we'll pose a challenge at the end, but uh, just because we may say we can rattle these off, you know, right away that, uh, you know, our best friends and stuff uh, doesn't mean that we've, you know, oh, like we're always super tight with them. We have to work at that relationship. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and, you know, obviously we've had a little bit of time to prepare, uh, but we just, uh, it's, it's a great joy, I think, for all of us to grow in relationship with with our best friends here, um, to, to bring that community and stuff. And I actually want to uh, share a quote. I just reread recently um, Pope Benedict XVI, Joseph Ratzinger, his book, Spirit of the Liturgy. It's a phenomenal book. It can get a little heady, but just a phenomenal book on living the liturgy uh, and how the liturgy isn't just the, the Mass or any of the rites or the sacraments, but it's part of our daily life. And he gives an example of uh, just a, a living example of needing the saint's intercession. And so I, I do want to share this quote with you all. Uh, this comes from his book, The Spirit of the Liturgy, specifically page 188. If you happen to have the book, you can open it up and read this quote. Uh, but he writes, and this is a personal account of him, When I was ordained a bishop, my intense feeling of inadequacy, incapacity, in the face of the greatness of the task, was even stronger than at my priestly ordination. The fact that the praying church was calling upon the saints, that the prayer of the church really was enveloping and embracing me, was a wonderful consolation. In my incapacity, which had to be expressed in the bodily posture of prostration, this prayer, this presence of all the saints, of the living and the dead, was a wonderful strength. It was the only thing that could, 
as it were, lift me up. Only the presence of the saints with me made possible the path that lay before me. And just uh, for any of you, if you're unfamiliar with uh, a priestly ordination or um, or di- diaconate ordination or a bishop's ordination, the Episcopal ordination, or uh, even religious orders when they make uh, the profession of vows, uh, there's a part in the, the uh, ritual where they prostrate, where they lay flat on their stomach. And the entire church, all that are gathered there are singing the litany of the saints, invoking the saints' intercession uh, for for the person that is that is giving their life over to the Lord and asking for their strength. And uh, we are extremely blessed that we have a priest with us. And mm-hmm. I know that uh, he's been impacted by this. I don't know, Father Kevin, if you want to share just your experience when you were ordained, what was this moment like for you? Yeah, so I guess before I was ordained, when I went to ordinations, that posture is very memorable of the person about to be ordained lying prostrate. And so I always prayed about that image of like, you're completely surrendering yourself at that point. It's this uh, recognition of my poverty and humility. Like I, I lay it all at your feet, Jesus. And so I was always focused on that part of the action, but it wasn't until I was actually being ordained that the fact that the saints are being called upon at that very moment actually became relevant and I, I think I felt it more strongly at my diaconate ordination rather than priesthood. But um, I, I do remember very vividly when I was um, being ordained a deacon, I'm down there, you know, prostrate on the floor as all of these people around me are asking for the saints to be praying for me. And yeah, it, it like still gives me chills as I think about it because I, I basically had this sense as I'm lying prostrate on the ground that it's almost like God is tucking me away for a moment, almost like when he tucks Moses into the cleft of the rock before he passes by. Like he's kind of tucking me away on the ground here for a moment. And I had this sense that like up above me, there was kind of this um, sort of spiritual warfare happening above me. And so there's there's all of the the, en- the enemy and the evil spirits, all, all the powers of the enemy that want to stop this from happening, that wants to put obstacles in my path of following God's will and and helping to lead souls to him, I felt like as they were coming towards me, I had this huge army of saints, again, up above me, just driving them back and driving them back and driving them back so that when I stood up, it's like the saints had said, we got your back and like we've cleared out any of these challenges that were going to come before you. So I, I love that quote from uh, Pope Benedict. He really puts it in a very rich and, and beautiful way what that moment is like when you're not only lying prostrate, but in that same act, you're asking for the saints to intercede for you. And I, I remember palpably that was my experience of how the saints were preparing me for that moment of ordination. I'm getting chills over here. Yeah, really? <laughs> wow. It's that very powerful. Well, Honestly, I, I, that's great. I feel like that is my favorite part of ordinations. Mm. I mean, the actual ordination yeah. itself is pretty cool too. But when when the man is lying prostrate and uh, we're all asking for the intercession of the saints, it's just mm-hmm. it, every time just gets me. Well, I recently went to the final profession of vows for religious sisters, and they do the same thing. And during the, when we were singing the Litany of the Saints, like I was getting chills. I was, that was probably the most memorable, besides 
singing Oh God Beyond All Praising as the recessional Ugh. hymn at the end. Like <laughs> that, I cried during that. But also I was just deeply moved by the Litany of the Saints and feeling like even as somebody that was just there witnessing, I felt like the saints were like, we've got this. The church triumphant helping. breaking through yes. on earth. Like, yes. oh, I see. You really do have my back. It's, You're with it's me. It's this moment, yes. Heaven meets earth in this very beautiful and mystical way. I'm sitting oh. here thinking of like all the other saints that I like really love. And I'm like, man, I should have mentioned that one. Man, I should have mentioned that yeah. one. Well, maybe <laughs> in future episodes, yo. There you go. Oh, yeah. Because I, I know for a fact Father will probably at some point Mentioned Venerable Fulton Sheen. Ah, uh, yes. We're, we're warming up to that. <laughs> but in the meantime, I mean, we mentioned a lot of saints already, but Mary-Kate, do you have a way to maybe, again, tie a little bow on this episode for our listeners with, with all that's been said? How can we leave them with the challenge, I guess? Yeah, so um, we hope that this has encouraged you to grow in your devotion to all the different saints that there are. Um, maybe try to get to re- um, know the saints, uh, like your confirmation saint or uh, one or two other saints that you want to grow in relationship with. Um, try to get to know them. Um, get get to grow in relationship with them, and that would be our challenge for you. Sorry, the seltzer water has me burping over here. Sorry, <laughs> you sound like my sons now. <laughs> I was trying to like. And then I realized I wanted to say something, but I couldn't because I was. Emma's I was having that old. same problem last episode, and it's okay. Hey, we're, the we're struggle's real, man. Yeah. Well, anyways, we just uh, we want to, yeah, like as Mary Kate said, encourage you to revisit your your confirmation saint if you you've been confirmed, and you have that saint, maybe start to build a relationship, or if we've said one that piques your interest, maybe take some time and just you know research, right? Or. Uh, Type in something that you're interested in. Like you go to Google and say, like, okay, who maybe the patron saint of fishing or farming or whatever. Farming is Saint Isidore, just in case, you know, you're looking for that. The but, patron saint of coffee. Oh, uh, I'm striving for that. He's also the patron saint of ugly people. Just, yeah. Just throwing that Got out. Got all there. the bases covered. Oh, just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> well, we all know coffee is, you know, quote unquote, the eighth sacrament. So Amen. it's fine, you know. I've had way too much today. <laughs> Maybe that's my problem. <laughs> that's what it is. Anyway, so, yeah, get to know your saints. Get to know the church triumphant. Join in that community because, like we've shared, uh, it's radically changed our lives, and we're so very, very thankful. So with that, it is time for our one joys. Yeah, Padre, what's your one joy? My one joy. So speaking of community, I have a group of friends that I've been having a book club with the last uh, couple months. It's been one of those things where it's like COVID has reacquainted us with the whole Zoom you know, mm. world, and we thought this would be a good way to stay in touch. So there's um, a guy out in Minnesota, one who's studying in the seminary out in St. Louis, Missouri, um, somebody in Grand Rapids, and then uh, somebody who lives in Indiana. And we just all get on about once a month, and we, mm. we're reading a book together, and we're just... Um, sharing maybe different insights as we go. And this past week, we had a really beautiful meeting. The uh, The conversation just got really deep, really real, because what we were reading kind of became a springboard for something that we were all experiencing in our own lives. So I was just really grateful for that community and just ended that conversation just thanking God for putting the friends in my life that he has. So I was mm. that was my one joy for the week. Wow, praise God. That's great. Mm-hmm. 
I would have to say, honestly, sunrises and sunsets. Let's go. Like, it just... So I was recently on a a vacation with my family, and uh, we were on one of the Great Lakes. I'm not going to say which one, because you all will make fun of me. Michigan. Um, No, 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 it wasn't. No. Ooh. Wait. Thumbs down. Oh, epic fail. No, it was Lake Erie. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Doesn't Lake Erie go into Pennsylvania? Technically, I think it does. So why can't we just all get along? Right, exactly. Because it also touches Ohio. Okay, well, Ohio is great. Anyways, I was on vacation with my family, and we had a just a little cottage thing right on the lake, and every morning we just woke up, and we were able to watch the sunrise. I even sent Father Kevin. I sent both of you guys. You did? Yeah, images of, of the sunrise. and it's it was gorgeous. Just absolutely beautiful. And so I would just have to say that would be my one choice, the sunrises and sunsets. Just It's mm, awesome. Brings so much joy to my heart. Very cool. All right, now it's your turn. Am I allowed to? <sighs> okay. We yes. can allow it. I guess we can allow it. Yes. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. I guess. Okay. Yeah. Continue. Emma gets three BFF saints. Yeah. Mary I get Kate two gets joys. two joys. <laughs> I get nothing. That I just kind of, you know. Yeah. So Mary Kate, uh, <laughs> you're uh, two one joys. Or is it the one two joys? Two one joys. Two one joys. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. So um, just recently um, within, the, I think, Within the last week, um, I had a new nephew enter the world, um, little Andrew James, otherwise known as AJ, and uh, he's an awesome, beautiful little boy, so thankful for his life. I would have to say I also got to see um, my brother and his family who live in Lansing, and I haven't seen them in a really long time, and they... uh, came up to this area for um my son's baptisms so uh that was that was really awesome to see them awesome praise god thanks for sharing those and so again friends the saints lead us to god they don't get in the way so we ask them to pray for us as we give all the glory and honor to god and so maybe we could just wrap up by praying a glory be glory be to the father and to the son and to the holy spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. And as we pray, all you holy men and women, saints of God, pray for us. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for tuning in to this episode. We call it Return of the Saints because the Holy Spirit is strong with us. Okay, that was poor. But anyways, <laughs> anyways, thank you for tuning in. We look forward to seeing you next week. Find your one joy. Find your patron saint. Build that community. Stay close to Jesus. May your joy be overflowing.